For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Good morning, friends. My name is Tristan Kretschmar. And it is a great honor and a blessing to be able to bring you all the message this morning. I'm truly grateful for those who made it happen, so thank you. So to begin, I would like to give you all a little story. A few years ago, a few buddies and I, we got together to go on a morning run. Um, we each ran cross-country for several years, and to train for the upcoming season, we decided during the summer that we would go on morning runs. One morning, it was about the middle of July, and about 30 minutes into our run, we realized it had gotten really hot. We happened to be running near our high school's wellness center when we noticed that the door to the inside was unlocked. So we went inside hoping to find a water fountain. Unfortunately, all the water fountains that were in the building were shut off. So all we found inside was a bunch of coolers and a cheer team. Now in these coolers, they had, bunches, they had tons of water bottles and Gatorade. And so instead of just taking them and then leaving, we decided we would go and do the right thing and ask. So we went up and we asked one of them, and next thing we knew, we were being chewed out by the cheer coach, saying that we had been selfish for even asking because these girls had practiced for hours. 
Now, we didn't really know that, and we were just trying to do the right thing. But she chewed us out for about five minutes, threatening to report us to the cross-country coach. Then we were finally able to leave. So then on the run back, one of the guys decided it would be funny to pull a prank on these people. And so the idea was we were going to go buy a bunch of cases of water bottles to take to them. So when we got back to the car, a few of us pitched in a few bucks, and off to Walmart we went. We were all in one car, so we got two cases of water bottles, because that's all the amount of change that we had lying around. And so we went back to the school. Luckily, the practice was still going on. And me and my buddy Cole, we got nominated to go and deliver these water bottles. So we walk into the wellness center again, and immediately we are stormed down by this cheer coach. We didn't say anything, so we set the water bottles on the table. And then we explained to them that because they had been practicing for many hours, we decided to bring them water. Her expression immediately changed, and she thanked us. In fact, she even offered us a couple water bottles for our efforts. <laughs> but we declined, and we went back to the car, and we all burst out laughing. We thought it was a hilarious way of getting back at them for a little bit of a dumb situation as we viewed it. But the thing is, we couldn't have done it if we hadn't had a little bit of teamwork. Without the one who came up with the idea, without the few of us that pitched in a few bucks, and without the driver, none of it would have been possible. The whole plan wouldn't have worked out if we didn't work together in some way. So when I think of this great faith that we have in Jesus, this, I can't help but get this feeling of wanting others to experience this great joy and love that we get through our faith. Because the thing is, is we have been commanded to go and spread this faith to everyone. See, even Jesus commands us before he ascends, saying, go in, he commands his disciples, saying, go into distant lands and make disciples of all the nations. And of course, this brings me to the topic at hand today, the idea of the body, more or less teamwork. They weren't sent out alone, but in groups, working together to achieve the common goal of spreading this grace and love through their faith in Jesus Christ. When I thought of this theme for teamwork, I came across this scripture for today from 1 Corinthians. And Paul here, he's writing, he's writing his argument to the church in Corinth about the problem of division that has occurred, occurred within this community. Now, I think that it's worth mentioning that any time that there is any form of division within a community or a group of people, more than likely it means that they're not working together at all. And if they are, they're not doing a very good job at it. So Paul's argument here is directed specifically at spiritual gifts. Now, I note that because the church in Corinth had a lot of division noteworthy points, but today he explains in his argument that each person has a unique gift specifically crafted and given to them through the Spirit. But the people he's writing to here happen to believe that there are spirits that weighed more in terms of value, which of course would be flat out wrong, because in a body, we're all working together. So Paul gives the analogy of the human body parts, explaining that if we were all just eyes and able to see, how would we hear? And that if we were all just hands, how would we walk? Ultimately, Paul paints this picture that explains perfectly how each gift was uniquely crafted for the specific purpose, with no purpose being greater than another. I believe that Paul paints this perfect picture, explaining that no, no spiritual gift is meant for anyone's advancing in status or self-glorification. But that's what these people here believed, and that's just not good. So Paul here is explaining to them that in this division, I think what he knows is that in this division, it's driving a little bit of a wedge in between them and their faith. Their faith in Jesus is being a little bit divided, because just because they're not exactly working together as a team like they're supposed to. 
I believe that's even a common occurrence in today's age, where we do things to advance our status or self-glorification, when in reality, again, that's only driving a wedge in between our faith. We all want to do better for ourselves or have better for ourselves. I don't think that that's any secret. I believe that that's just in human nature, to want better for yourself. Regardless of where you are at, regardless of where you're at in life, we all crave some sort of satisfaction. But the thing is, is that satisfaction will never be truly satisfied at all times. But the thing is, we each have our own gift. So we don't really need to, I guess, have that satisfaction. And we don't need to compare ourselves. And that here is what Paul is trying to get these people to realize. Because everyone's gift is so vastly different that it would be a waste of breath to compare them. See, I love the way Paul constructs the argument. In this analogy of the body, it's like a puzzle piece, like we saw earlier. Each puzzle piece falls into place, making this beautiful picture. And the thing is, is no piece is better or more important than another. Because if you, had, if you were missing one piece, you wouldn't know what the picture would look like. And you wouldn't get to see this magnificent piece of art. And the fact is, Paul knew that the church couldn't run at all if, it, if this division kept going. I mean, you can even see that in today's time. Like right now, we have all come together for one specific purpose, and that is to worship, right? You have those who are here to sing, those who are here to lead, those who are in the audience, and everyone else in between. We all came together this morning to worship, kind of like a team. Now, I mentioned I used to run cross-country, and one day, our coach, he, gave, he came up to us and he gave us one of those usual team pep talk speeches, if you will. But this time he focused on the theme of teamwork. And in this story, he talked about a mule. And a mule is able to carry a, a load of up to 600 pounds. And then he asked the team, how much we thought two mules working together could carry? Now, of course, the obvious answer being thrown around was about 1,200 pounds, because 600 times 2, 1,200, right? But then he said that's not even close. But the answer was over 2,400 pounds. That just with two mules working together, they could accomplish what four mules individually could accomplish. See, I oftentimes, whenever I'm reading this passage, I think of the idea of a cross-country team, or just cross-country in general. Because if you have no idea how, that, how you actually win or how cross-country works, to sum it up, your team's five fastest runners need to be faster than everyone else's five fastest runners. See, not just faster, but they need to cross the finish line faster. In a race, every single person has their own strengths and weaknesses. Some people may be better at hills, while others may be better when it's flat. Some may be better at the start, while others better at the finish. But the thing is, we each have our own individual talents. And in a race, your teammates are just there running beside you, pushing you to be better. Every other team out there has to work together, because the fact is, no team can win with just one individual talent. For example, the winner of the race, the person that crosses the finish line first, his team may end up dead last due to how the others on his team finish. So the thing is, every team out there has to work together. Otherwise, the whole goal of winning the race isn't possible. And now we come to today, where we have each in this room come together for a common goal, just as the cross-country team come in together to win the race. Instead, we are not here to win a race, but we are here to show how great our faith is in Jesus our worship because each of us here today are here to worship him each of our gifts and talents have been brought here into this room and not one of you is more important or more valuable than another two minds are greater than one right we can each deepen a relationship with one another just by being here in fellowship when we grow together as a community and as a team 
you'll realize that spreading this faith becomes even easier because we are all working together, putting each of our strengths and weaknesses together, creating this perfect team. Imagine it like the strengthening of a root, right? We each come together. Think of it like a tree. A tree has its roots, right? But how, does the, how do those roots grow? In order for a tree to grow, you must plant that tree in rich soil, right? And what it, the things that it needs are nutrients, sunlight, and water. Now think of it like, in order for these, in order for these to grow, in order for, for the roots to grow strong and this tree not fall over, each one of us could bring one of those ingredients to the table to help strengthen each other. Strengthen those roots to make sure that the tree stands strong, protecting it from falling. Now think of it on a bigger picture, like a whole ecosystem, a whole forest, if you will, where you picture all these trees in this giant forest, each one of us as an individual, with each tree having its own purpose in this forest, and not one being more important than another, again, because each, each tree has its purpose of providing shelter for birds and other critters on the ground. As a whole, one tree in this forest has a bigger purpose than what lies on the surface. So picture all the trees around, each providing some sort of function and purpose that makes up this large forest. Each tree is an individual with its own talent. Some trees are big, others are small, but the fact is, in this forest, they all come together. See, I like to use the analogy of trees and forests a lot whenever I'm preaching and stuff because trees, they oftentimes have like a resemblance to us. We each have our roots in Christ and our faith, and we each grow together. And the thing is, is trees and ecosystems, so they're constantly changing. And we as people are constantly changing all the time, whether that's big or small. But the thing is, our faith will naturally change along with us. And as, as we go and as we change, we need a community to fall back on, a community that will be there with you when you need them. Because then your roots will grow strong, and you'll realize that reaching out to others and spreading this great faith that we have becomes even easier. In fact, you'll find that a whole new set of people, whenever we all work together and use our strengths, becomes even closer than ever. People that you thought were unreachable. Because whenever we're working together, we're all pulling more weight than any individual ever could. And that is why we have each been given our own unique and special gift. Not so we could claim we are better than somebody else, but so we could all work together to achieve a common goal. Because the thing is, is this faith that we have wasn't meant to ever stay put. Because if it did, that wouldn't be good. Because our faith, our own individual faith, and the faith of people around us we begin to dwindle and wither away. And now if I'm speaking for myself, that truly terrifies me. The idea of my, my faith in Jesus dwindling and withering away, it's scary. Because I'm sure most of us have had those moments where we knew that without a doubt, whatever that blessing was, it had to be a blessing from Him. It was only a blessing that could ever come from Him. The thought of throwing all of that away, all the times that He's ever been there, and all the times that He will ever be there for you, having all of that disappear, truly terrifies me. Because he's the one who died for you. The one who was sent to forgive us of all of our sins. That is somebody who truly deserves to be known and praised by all. Because that is in whom we have put our faith in. The only one truly worthy of all of our praise. So do me a favor, and let's make sure that this faith that we have doesn't dwindle and wither away. So I have a challenge for you all. Because this great faith that we have in Jesus wasn't meant for just us, and we can't let it dwindle and wither away. 
So the challenge is to use your strengths this week. Use whatever gift you have been given to spread this faith to someone else. Because at the end of the day, there may be a people that only you can reach. Not the person sitting next to you, not me, only you. Maybe you know who they are, maybe you have yet to meet them. The fact is, you have this ability to spread this faith and love to someone. Each of us, and I have a second challenge for you all, because each of us here have been called to work together. In fact, there are many instances of people with great faith, such as Moses, Paul, and even Jesus. But the thing is, they each had one thing in common. They almost always had companions or a team. So we have all been called to work here together, just as they had. Because part of growing in your faith is growing as an individual with a strong community backing you. Because let's say you were to fall, then they'd be there to catch you. Because you can't go at this great faith journey alone. So let's stand together, growing and learning, deepening our faith with one another. Because when we work as a team, you'll realize that yes, there may be only things that you can do, but there's even more that you can do when we work as a, as a team. Because the one who died for you and me deserves praise from all reaches of the earth. So let's work together, spreading this faith to all. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending us your Son, the one in whom we have put our faith in, because of the great gift you have given to each of us. Help us all to recognize these gifts that each of us have, and allow us to understand that each gift is just as important as another. Help us to work together so that we can spread this gift that you've given to all of us, to all reaches of the world. Because we love you and we praise you. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen.